Um, we're going to get started in our preach this morning. For those that I've not met and those I have met, my name's Mike. Uh, it's great to be preaching to you this morning. Um, I'm part of the team here in Shoreham. And we are doing a Genesis series. We're at the back part of Genesis, started at chapter 37, um, and we're working our way through looking mostly at the story of Joseph. Now, I wonder, just for some people in the room, this may be your first time in church, so I thought I'd just give you a little bit of context on Joseph. Um, you, I might say, do you know who Joseph is? And you might say, yeah, I've been here for the last six weeks. I've uh, been around church for a while, I know my Bible. Some of you might go, yeah, I know Joseph, that, that Mary and Joseph, like that thing, that story at Christmas. Well, same name, different person. Um, confusingly, you've got the Old Testament, New Testament. So same name, but different person. Some of you go, oh yeah, I've seen that. I've been to the West End. I've seen the guy with a big coloured coat. Um, and I've sung along to all the songs and had a great time. Not, not my thing, just to say musicals. Um, but I'm sure you would have enjoyed that. Um, and some of you go, could be the bloke sitting in front of me. And that's probably the range of, the, of how we see Joseph. Well, we're looking at the Old Testament. We're looking at uh, Genesis. And we're looking at a story of a guy called Joseph and what God does in his life. So we're in chapter 41, and, and this is a key moment. You've seen some of the signs up. We've called this series Buried, um, and we're talking about how Joseph goes from the pit, if you've been with us, you've heard that part of the story, to the palace. And actually this, chapter 41, is that moment where he gets lifted out of prison and put into the palace. And so it's a key moment for us. It's one of those things where, you know, when you watch a Netflix show or something and you're thinking, why do they call it that? And then like some point along the way, you realize this is your little light bulb moment uh, as to why we called it Buried. And so we've got two, two Sundays we're going to look at this, chapter 41. Both this week, then we've got the Weekender, and then we're going to look at it again after the Weekender. So we kind of split it into two sections, um, and so I'm going to help us take it through the first section this week. It's not going to be kind of a straight line down the middle, and we're going to kind of choose a few of the themes through chapter 41 over the next couple of weeks. So we're going to have a reading on the screen behind me. Um, if you're following along your Bibles, uh, follow along closely, because it will jump a few verses, um, otherwise follow on the screen. I'll be back up in about five minutes. After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump, and they fed in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly thin cows ate up the seven attractive plump cows, and Pharaoh awoke. And he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump full ears. And Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So in the morning his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today, when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night he and I, 
each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about. I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind are also seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them will arise seven years of famine, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dreams means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will surely bring it about. Now therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this, in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. During the seven plentiful years, the earth produced abundantly, and he gathered up all the food of these seven years, which occurred in the land of Egypt, and put the food in the cities. He put in every city the food from the fields around it, and Joseph stored up grain in great abundance, like the sand of the sea, until he ceased to measure it, for it could not be measured. The seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. There was famine in all lands, but in the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph, what he says to you do. So when the famine had spread over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, all the earth came to Egypt to Joseph to buy grain, because the famine was severe over all the earth. Let me pray. Let me pray with me. 
Father, we thank you this morning that we can come and celebrate together. We thank you we've had moments this morning celebrating with Kira and her family as, as she gets baptised. And I just pray, just even in those moments as we've celebrated and looked at who you are, would you show us more and more this morning who you are as we continue to look at your word. As I continue uh, through this morning, as I preach, help me to communicate well, help our ears to be ready to hear what it is you have to say to us. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray, prepare hearts. People would know that they're ready to receive what it is you have for them this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you follow that? Just about a few nods. It's a lot in there. I'm going to recap you the first four chapters of our series in six points. So Joseph, favoured by his dad, the musical, the, the cloak, he has a dream about his brothers bowing down to him. So he says, do you know you're all going to bow down to me one day while he's wearing his shiny coat that his dad made him, um, which is probably not the wisest move. Um, so his brothers think, right, we're going to kill him. Um, then they don't, then they sell him, uh, they go and tell his father that he's been killed, he then gets taken as a slave uh, of Potiphar, the captain of the guard, of Pharaoh, he gets wrongly accused of adultery and assault by Potiphar's wife, thrown into jail, and then last week he interprets two dreams of two prisoners who get out of prison, one we hear about the cupbearer is restored, the other one the bread maker is hung. And so that's where we find ourselves in this story. There's a moment of thinking, right, what is, what is coming now? So I just want to pick out three kind of themes for us this morning. We'll look at God's revelation, God's timing, and God's plan for us. A key part of today's themes, I think it gets done twice, is Pharaoh's dreams. God speaks to us in dreams. That's not just a historically biblical thing, but it's a today thing. I've had God speak to me in dreams. I'm sure many of you have also done that and he loves to do that he loves to show himself something of us he loves to explain some of the things uh, that we don't necessarily know about him for us to grow in our relationship with him and so we begin to understand him better when he does that and dreams is just one way there's plenty of other ways I think it's just worth just pausing for a second on the dreams Um, there's probably a couple of moments there maybe you're thinking God might have spoken to me in a dream before I'm not really sure well let me give you two kind of helpful things just to help you discern that one would be um, generally speaking it's good to go and talk to someone else about it because I think we can sometimes think oh that might have been from God it's helpful just to kind of talk to someone else explain it to them get their input on it Um, the second thing is he generally speaks in your language and what I mean by that if you look at the cupbearer if you look at Joseph, Pharaoh, the baker, they've all kind of got dreams that mean something to them. It's kind of their language and their understanding. So it's helpful for us as well. Not always, but generally. And you see it here. There's kind of a moment of kind of two dreams. Um, And God likes to speak sometimes in double dreams. So if you've had a dream and you have it again, um, often that's a good place for you to start to come and take that to someone. And so not only dreams does he speak to us, he speaks to us through other people. Maybe you've had a chance, you've prayed with someone or shared something with someone um, through our circumstances, both the good and the difficult, uh, through his word, the Bible, as we preach, as we read, as we study, and through creation, lovely sunny day outside. God can speak to us through creation as well. And he does that by his Holy Spirit. And he does that because he wants to help us. He wants to support us. He wants to show us something of who he is. And so here we see kind of four reasons he does it. There's plenty more. There's an encouragement. 
There's a purpose, there's an action, and he also does it for relationship. Um, he likes to get to know us better. And so we see in the story of Joseph up to this point and, and further on that actually God loves to show him show up and show himself uh, in various points. But there's kind of a timing element to this. Um, I don't know if you're like me. Um, sometimes when you pray, you like God to do things in your timing. Um, I'd like it done today, please, by the time I get home, um, or maybe by the end of the week or before this event. Um, that's how we pray sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but actually, God's timing for us is greater than what we can see. If you look at this story, you may even remember last week, Neville talked about the cupbearer. Talks about the cupbearer's dreams. And kind of the last thing Joseph says to the cupbearer as he leaves prison is, remember me, remember me. Now, if I'm Joseph, I'm saying, remember me, thinking, as soon as you get up there in the palace, tell, tell them there's this really good guy in prison. You should get him out. He's a decent bloke. He probably shouldn't be in there. Two years later, we're in this story, and he's still in prison. I don't know about you, but that wouldn't have been my timing. I wouldn't have looked at it and said, oh, yeah, remember me in two years' time. Um, but we look at the story and actually had Joseph come out of prison in that moment, it may have been to kind of a nothing scenario. It may have been back to where he was before just to carry on. But God chooses to raise Joseph up at the right time. God's timing for us is perfect. Um, and there's a point right here, and as I was preparing, kind of that was like a nice little bit that I thought, oh, that's quite cool, um, as I kind of stored and studied that. But actually, there's a point here that I feel like God really wanted to hone in on, that God has not forgotten you. Whoever you are in the room, whatever your experience of church, whatever your beliefs are, whether you think this is real or not real or exploring it, God has not forgotten you and he's not given up on you. There are situations in life that are difficult and God has not forgotten about you. It might feel like two years in a pit in a prison, but he has not forgotten about you. And I can confidently say that. And so while I was preparing this, um, sometimes we believe, I think I mentioned earlier, sometimes God speaks to us through other people. Um, we believe in this church that God speaks to us um, for others, um, sometimes in words, sometimes in pictures. Um, and just as I was praying and preparing this, I felt God uh, draw my attention to a blue clock in someone's lounge. Um, that might be you, but I feel like God wants you here this morning. You were thinking about not coming. He, he knows your situation. He loves you. He cares for you. And he has a great and glorious plan for you. And so if that is you this morning, if you've come in and you've got a blue clock in your lounge and you're wondering or, about it and you're not really sure, I'd love to pray for you this morning or one of the guys here on the front row or come and speak to someone you came with. But God, God really put that on my heart for you this morning, that he has not forgotten your situation. So if that speaks to you, come and chat to me. At the end, I'd love to pray for you. And this morning, uh, we have celebrated with Kira. Kira, um, we've celebrated with Kira this morning as she publicly shows the decision she has made to follow Jesus. And in that, there's a perfect timing. Even hearing her story and coming into Matt and Ali's family, Team Davis, um, just love that phrase. And it was just, we trust in God's timing. And there has been moments in life, uh, I'm sure that have been difficult, but trusting in God's timing has brought Kira to this place. Not just like this place, um, which is an amazing thing, but to be ready in her own heart to give her life to Jesus and to follow him. And his timing in that has been perfect. I'm grateful, I'm sure, and I hope all of you would also be grateful we get to be part of that. 
We get to be part of that journey with you, Kira, um, as you work this out, as you put your trust fully in Jesus. And I just, I, for me personally, I want to say I'm excited for the plan God has for you. I really am. I think he's, he's, as you continue to follow him, as you learn to trust him, um, we collectively all agree we want to help you, support you, uh, as you develop your relationship with Jesus, as you learn what it is to follow him. And I'm excited for it because I've seen some of your story to this point and I'm excited for what God is going to continue to do in his perfect timing. So just want to say that to you. Um, I'm sure we all agree. Um, let's, let's be supporting one another, but particularly this week, please be praying for Kira. This is a big moment. We want her to know the joy of this moment, to know peace in God and to know excitement for the future. So if there's three things to pray for her, it's those three things this week. Um, please, please be doing that. And so that is God's timing. God's timing in moments where we don't always understand it. Um, God knew that today was going to be the day Kira was going to be baptised. Uh, not last week, not the previous week, um, but had a plan and a purpose for it today. And God's, God's plans, God's purposes for us stretch way beyond, I guess, the things we would normally think for ourselves. Um, if you see in this scripture this morning, uh, we've got verse 25, 28 and 32... Um, all talk about God revealing to Pharaoh what he's about to do. So it's kind of a, there's a bigger piece to this, God's timing uh, to get Joseph out of prison, but it has a big moment of God's plan. What is God's plan for the next season? Well, he's sending a blessing and he's sending a famine and he kind of alerts them to that fact. He uses creation to show Pharaoh something of himself. Everyone have a look out the window lovely sunshine, maybe driving this kind, of, this kind of time means you leave work and it's not dark, so you get to drive home and maybe you see the sunset, maybe that's your way, maybe it's a rainbow or a double rainbow, um, I, don't know, I don't care how old you are, I still get excited about double rainbows, right, it's cool, eh, um, it's like God's just like, oh yeah, remember this, twice, um, and so I just love it. It brings me joy. Um, hopefully it brings you joy as well. So next time you see a double rainbow, um, let me know because uh, it brings me joy. Um, but hey, God uses creation. He loves to just show us something of himself in those moments. Maybe it's the, the rain. Um, sometimes that kind of moment, if you've gone, we're going camping next week. It's not nice camping in the rain, but there's a thing about like sitting in a tent when it's raining outside that's quite peaceful. Um, and so yeah, those moments, maybe that's for you. But hey, don't forget creation. Don't forget how God speaks through creation. Don't get used to the flowers coming up and the seasons coming and going, actually, without realising how good God is and how he puts these moments in our lives. And so we see here God's plan. Seven good years. You're like, yes. If you're fair, you're like, seven good years. Get in. Love that. Happy days. I'll take that. Uh, and then even in verse 49, when Joseph's like counting it all in, it's like, I just, I'm not going to measure this anymore. This is bonkers. It's coming in so quickly, I can't even actually measure it. So let's just chuck it all in here and trust that God is doing it. Um, so he's got that kind of moment for him. And then it's like seven bad years. And if you're Pharaoh, you've gone from like, yeah, oh, yeah, get in. Seven, oh, okay. Seven really tough years are coming. Seven difficult years are coming. And so not only in the blessing, not only in the excitement, not only in the abundance, is God using creation to speak to Pharaoh, to speak to Joseph, to speak to his people. He's using the pain and the suffering to speak to them as well. Maybe for you this morning, is, you know, we, it's easy sometimes for us to see God in the good things and we kind of forget where he is in those difficult moments and we forget to look for him. And it's a reminder for us 
that his goodness and his mercy are true for us through both of those seasons, that actually he has a love for the whole earth. He could have just given enough food for Joseph just to store away and kind of eat his own way through the famine, but he gives him way more. He gives him way more for all people, for the whole earth. See you later. (laughs) And so, it can't be... If anyone else thinks it's that bad, you can leave as well. Uh, um, But you know what? Both kind of in the good years and in the famine, there's a moment for Pharaoh in this story. If you listen really carefully, I'd encourage you to go back and read through it because I don't have enough time to kind of expand the whole thing. Um, But for Pharaoh, he looks at this scenario and he's like, right, seven good years, amazing. Seven bad years, that's going to be tough. I, I know I'm going to be lacking in this season. I haven't got a clue what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it. Even in the good years, he's looking out thinking, how are we going to deal with that? Where are we going to put all this stuff? Who's going, to, who's going to harvest the crop? How are we going to store it? How are we going to distribute it? What if loads of other people from all the other lands come and try and steal it? How are we going to have... Like, and his mind has just gone to a whole other place of thinking, I just can't deal with this. I don't know what to do. He needs a solution. He needs, he needs a solution for this that is coming. Both the blessing and the famine. So he's looking at both of those thinking, I need God in both of these scenarios. Verse 38, we see him after Joseph kind of interprets his dream and he says, this is what you need to get through. Verse 38, Pharaoh says, can we find a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Yes. (laughs) Pharaoh sees his need for God. In that moment, in the good, the bad, in the famine and the blessing, he's like, I just need God in this. I don't know what that means. Even in there, he says, I just, can we find a man like this? So he's literally looking at, so can we find a man like this? Speaking straight to Joseph, thinking, is there anyone around that can do that? Um, and there, right in his face, right in his face is the solution that God is sending forward. God, so merciful in his goodness, in that moment, in the trials, he sends a blessing. Right in front of Pharaoh. And this blessing goes back uh, 20 pages, 15 pages in your Bible to Genesis 12. There's a moment with Abraham where God says to him, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And it's not just about Abraham's blessing. It's about the family blessing that continues all the way through Scripture. Isaac Jacob, Jacob's sons are now into Joseph. There's this blessing that God is imparting that is not just for Abraham and his family, but for the whole earth. He's sending a blessing out. So we followed about, it's about 15, 13, 15 years of this story so far. Joseph's about 17 when he gets chucked in the pit by his brothers. And by the time he gets to Pharaoh's house, he's about 30. So there's kind of a, a period of time we've covered in these four chapters. But just a hint here, of Genesis 12 shows us that God's plans for our lives goes back way, way, way before we can even know it. Way before the creation of the earth and it will continue way into eternity. Way after we're gone, way after everything else, there'll be an eternity plan. Start before creation, beyond eternity. God's plan for us goes, stretches that time. And so he's, it's not just about the now. Uh, with the Bible, sometimes we can get caught into the now moment, which is so helpful, but it's about the whole story that God is painting and writing up for us as Christians. 
And so God sends Joseph. Um, verse 39, so having had Joseph in front of him going, so how are, how are we going to do this? Where is it? He says, right, since God has shown you all of this, this is to Joseph, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. Just a little pause on wise there. Um, Joseph's not always been wise, it's fair to say, if you look back at some of his story. But there's a moment of maturing through seasons of difficulty that God has done with Joseph to get him to this point. And so for us, in those difficult moments, sometimes we want to look at it and think, actually, in this difficult season, what is God doing? How is he helping me to get to know him more, to lean into him? And so we see a wise man, not because he's clever or smart, but because he's lent into who God is, because he's listened to God and he's heard what God is saying to him. And for Joseph... So, you know, Pharaoh's not really seeing this backstory. For Joseph, he knows a bit of it. It's been a long, confusing 13, 15 years, whatever it might be. Um, but he's held on to God's promises. Think about that dream way, 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 way back to all his brothers. You're all going to bow down to me. And then he's in the pit lower than them, and he's in prison lower than them. How on earth is that going to happen? He must have been in those moments thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this moment. How is this ever going to... I'm interpreting all these other people's dreams. Where's my dream? And I'm sure he had those moments in prison uh, along this way uh, with his relationship with God. And it wouldn't have been the way he wanted it to do. But in all of this, when he comes to that moment to lead and to bless a nation, how how does he do that? How does he know what it is? It's because... In amongst his confusion and frustration, there's a man who's holding fast to God. There's a man who knows what it is to trust in God. And probably like me, I look at it and think, I'd have had questions along the way. I think you would too. And I think even in life right now, there's moments in life that we go through that are tough. And you think, what? What is going on? I read all this stuff, I believe in you for good things, singing these stuff, but like, this is a tough season, what is going on? And we have those questions, and do you know what, I'm giving you permission this morning to ask those questions, to go to God and go, what is going on? It's totally cool, he can handle that. He wants you to come before him with those questions, in your suffering, in your disappointment, in in the pit, in the prison, however you feel in your moment, there's a moment for you to come and just bring that to God. And he wants us to do that because in those moments, in those situations, we get to step towards him. You can't have a go or be disappointed about someone without being in front of them. Um, And so just being with your father and having those moments is good for you. And so we see Joseph, sure, many of those moments, um, but he was a humble man before God. He knew that he was going through these seasons before God. It says, In 1 Peter, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. And so there's moments where we bring this to God. We bring our situations and our circumstances to God. Cast your anxieties onto him. He cares for you at the right time, whatever that looks like, there'll be those moments. And so my challenge to you is this. Are you holding on to God's promises for your life? In difficult seasons and in blessing, are you holding on to God's promises in life? Are you trusting him for your circumstances? Are you following his guidance and his word? Because I think for Pharaoh, we, we, we see a man who realises his shortfall. He looks at it and thinks, I'm a long, long way short of having enough food to feed myself, let alone my family, let alone the earth and the other nations. He's like, I I don't know what I'm going to do 
when it comes to that famine. I just don't know how I'm going to get through. And like I said, remember verse 38 and 39. He sees his need for God. He's like, just in this moment, even in the blessing, I see my need for God. And Joseph sends, uh, God sends Joseph at the perfect time. He's in prison two years or more probably, uh, and he's waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and he gets his moment to come and interpret that dream. In the perfect moment, God sends Joseph to put a plan in place, to be a blessing to those around him, to follow that family line of blessing. And there's a, there's a kind of similar scenario for us, although a more serious one, in this room this morning. The truth is, if you read your Bible and you know, and you know your Bible, you'll know that we were, if you're a Christian, this is, this is, you'll know this, we were a long way short of what it was required to get into heaven. For Kira, she knew that. She's put her faith in Jesus. She's been baptised this morning. But she looked at it and thought, I'm a long, long way short of what is needed to have a relationship with my father. I can't work up any really clever plan of my own to get there. A long way short of knowing what will happen when we die. We're a long way short of knowing a relationship with our heavenly father. That's the scenario for us as human beings. Um, Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And if I left it at that, that would be a pretty difficult way to end a message. But actually, there's a greater plan than that for us. It's not just seven years of good food just to get us through. It's not seven years of nice things. But God sent Jesus at the right time for us. To the right place at the right time to take our sin and our punishment. That's the truth of the gospel. That no matter what your history is, your past, what you used to live, how you used to live, or who you used to follow, and who was your God in those moments, actually, right now, there's a moment for you to say, No, do you know what? All of that is old news. I'm following Jesus. I'm giving my life to Him, accepting the freedom that He brings through His life, His death, and His resurrection. As Tao said, Kira goes down, dying to her old life, symbolic, and being raised to her new life. So maybe for you this morning, you're, if you're a Christian, let this be a reminder of what Jesus has done for you. If you're not, this can be true for you. This church exists, and churches exist to tell people about Jesus. That's what, that's what we're here for. That's what we want to do. We want to share the good news of Jesus with you so that you may see that, yes, okay, we all get things wrong as Christians still today, um, but actually there is a need for Jesus. We're not perfect people. Um, we do a show of hands, but we point us. We're not perfect people. Um, so actually, we know that, but we know we have a perfect saviour, and we know we come to him. Famous verse, John 3.16. God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We get to have a relationship with God our Father through Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus this morning, we'd love to tell you about him. We'd love for you to be able to stand and answer as Kira did this morning. Say, yes, I have put my faith fully in the Lord Jesus. Fully, not partly, not some of it. Like, I'm all in. I've seen my need for Jesus and I'm all in. So that in the highs and lows of life, our confidence is in him. In the famines and the blessings, our confidence is in him. We can know his goodness. So I want to land with this question where do you turn in difficult times? Do you turn to Jesus or do you turn to a really good plan with your fingers crossed and hope for the best? Because that's not enough. Jesus is enough. He's the only one 
who could do this for us. He's the only one that could save us from eternity, eternal separation from God. He's the only one that could do that. He's the only one that can open up the door to the blessings of heaven, to the goodness and the riches of heaven. So through the famines of life, through the most difficult, painful moments in life, we can hold fast to the truth that we know that one day we will be with our Father in heaven, that we will know him and see him face to face. God has a great and glorious plan for you. It's not just if you're a Christian, it's not just for Kira this morning. God has a great and glorious plan for each and every individual in this room. I wonder if you have ever heard that before. He knows the next seven years, 20 years, 50 years, whatever it is you're going to have. It's not just a short period of time. And he's preparing a way. He knew you'd be here this morning. He's preparing a way for you. Maybe you're only hearing this for the first time. Please come and chat to us. Maybe you're hearing it for the thousandth time. Then let it be good news to your heart again. Jesus, for what Jesus Christ has done for you. The band are going to come up. We're going to worship together. Let's come to him. Let's trust in him. Let's look to him, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who went to the cross for us. Can I ask you just to stand and I'll pray. If it helps you to close your eyes, then please please feel free to do that. It's nothing strange, it just helps us to focus. Heavenly Father, we we come to you again this morning saying thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the perfect sacrifice, for the perfect, for the perfect Son of God who came to earth to die for us, to, be, to defeat death and to be risen once again so that we can stand here being children of God. We can stand here and celebrate in what Kira has done this morning and what it means individually for our lives when we know you personally. I just pray for all of us as we come to you this morning, as we worship now, uh, would you help our hearts to once again be caught up in the goodness of Jesus Christ? To be caught up in the fact that even through the blessings, even through the difficult times, we can know what it is to have, your, to have you with us, to be part of your great story, for you to have a great and glorious plan for us. And I just pray for every heart in this room, whether uh, they know you or don't know you personally. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you right now just start to open up our eyes again to understand more of you? Would you help us not to get used to hearing this, that we would be caught up by the fresh excitement of the gospel again this morning, that the good news of Jesus Christ means for us? Uh, So I pray for that. I pray for our hearts now as we worship. Would you speak to us? Uh, Would you help it land in a healthy place? Would you help things to start, questions to grow, uh, but also praise to rise up this morning as we worship together in the name of Jesus. Amen.